Yes, we are. Episode okay, 13. should I do the intro? Okay. What Hello, and welcome to the unlucky episode number 13. It's the cursed <laughs> number, but we have a lovely guest who is not cursed and we love dearly and is my real friend, not your, both of your real friends. He's my real friend. Ouch. I won't oh. hog him. Mike Chan! Cruddy Man Chan! Say hello. Hey! Hello. Hey, everyone. How's it going? Good. We're Very great. excited to We're have great. you on. I had to yeah. ban you from last week because I didn't think I was going to be on because I was having a little bit of a mental breakdown. Mm. Then I was on. Sorry. We just had to save you for 13. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with that. I mean, okay. Matt, Matt, Matt replied. I said, talks like send a tweet and Matt's just like, you want to come on? It's like, yeah, sure. And then you came on, which is like, no, absolutely not. <laughs> Shut yep. down. So yeah. unfortunately. I mean, I have to lay down the law of Greek boys. Otherwise, like we'd be a little lawless in this country of <laughs> generational talents. Um, That's fair. Well, Mike, you are not in Seattle as and we only have one Seattleite right now on the podcast. Um, what spurred you into being a Hawks fan and all that fun stuff? That's a good question. I don't think I know. Um, <laughs> probably been like indoctrinated at some point. Uh, and probably. I, like, I have some memory of it that uh, goes way back. But I think I... So I, I actually grew up in Hong Kong, and then I moved here to, I moved to Seattle when I was like eight. Um, I didn't know anything fo about football, but at the time I was overweight, and I still am, but you know, I was really overweight, and as a fourth, <laughs> eighth grade, uh, <laughs> as an eight-year-old, you didn't know what to do, so it's just like, well, look at those big guys playing football, and that's, I think that's how I got into football, that's what my mom said. She didn't know what she was doing, but she's like, you know. <laughs> that's really cute <laughs> but it's kind of cool like hey you want to you want to do something kind of active here's other sort of bigger people go do what they do <laughs> right right yeah i can see just like little tiny chan like waddling up and being like hey guys can i play with you <laughs> yeah yeah i mean that was i'm pretty sure that was my impression and then they're like <laughs> on pads i'm like what and then it's like go and hit people i was like what and then <laughs> and then came into that and then I guess the Seahawks just came afterwards, so. Nice. I mean, that makes sense. Can I ask what, what position did eight-year-old Mike Chan play? Uh, like was offensive line. Offensive, that makes sense. Same. And, and yeah. I played oh, that until wow. high school, and I'm, like, not that big. So I don't know why I kept on offensive line, but that's another that's another dilemma, an answered question in my life, so. so. Wait, so you continued as offensive line, like, all the way up through playing in high school yeah yeah okay, that's I was going up against like guys that were like six foot two and six foot three and like and over like 50 pounds on me for some reason like <laughs> i don't know why i was stuck there i guess because i like leverage yeah yeah leverage, yeah. yeah the puna ford it was there was the puna <laughs> ford strategy <laughs> oh my god for the, the zone blocking, you know, thin, thin guys, small guys. Scene. Yeah, that's fantastic. What a, what a, and so you just kind of were like, as you got into what football was, mm -hmm. the Seahawks were around here. Yeah. And so here you are stuck with the Seahawks. Stuck with and the now Seahawks. like Seahawks Twitter, which is like in and of itself, a different world and sector of the Seahawks. I remember interacting with you for the first time. I I had I think I had just started dating Evan. Actually, it came up in my memories a few days ago, and I about sent it to you. Um, okay. We had just started interacting. Evan and I had just start, had like been dating for almost six months, mm -hmm. and Evan said something dumb about Seahawks on Twitter, or um, being sad that a season was over. And yeah. I, I and I tweeted at him, and I was like, "Well, thank God, because I don't think I can watch any more football." And you tweeted back, "I think I like her. Who are you?" Uh, <laughs> and like that was my first interaction. <laughs> I don't think that changed, unfortunately. So mm -hmm. that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. But yeah, the many, many, many strange interactions over Seahawks Twitter. <laughs> mm -hmm. 
I think I, I got I got on Seahawks Twitter because I was writing I was writing for field goals at the time. Yeah. Danny Kelly was like go on Twitter. So I was like, okay, I listened to what Danny Kelly said, go on Twitter, and then it just You always listen to what Danny Kelly says. Pretty much, yeah. Pretty yeah. much. Mm-hmm. The godfather of Seahawks Twitter. So. Yeah, absolutely. For sure. For oh sure. yes. So how did you get into did you get into field goals in kind of a way that some of the other writers did like through fan posts and things like that or did you write and submit and seek it or well actually uh i paid danny kelly for a spot i'm just kidding uh, <laughs> it's just for the fan spot um, uh i don't i think i just knew what what somewhat what i was talking about i was just like i played in high school and like the coaches were hard asses and they were trying to teach you stuff. So really it's just like transcribing what they said into an article. And then obviously as the Seahawks, this is also right when Beastquake happened and like Pete Carroll was like, on, you know, the, the dynasty was starting. Mm-hmm. So that got a lot of traction and that kind of like had the cycle of like, you know, doing more uh, film analysis and writing and then they were good, so like it just wants you to keep watching on that. Yeah, yeah, just kind of spiraled from there. So <laughs> spiraled. <laughs> That's really cool though, because I think you know, I think I don't know, maybe speaking. I've been in Seahawks Twitter off and on. I don't know why I why I started a Twitter account like seven or eight years ago, but I just came across all these different people, and you were one of the first accounts that I was like, this is actually really snarky and funny so i had no idea that you started from a like an analytical kind of a background that's actually really fascinating for me i like i like hearing that that's cool yeah. really saw your snark but i like yeah. it but i mean that's, <laughs> I think, that's I think like i only saw his snark as well because when i first joined i was all my my like litmus like all right so who to follow was like do they have a lot of followers or do they seem knowledgeable right chan fits that bill <laughs> And are they not? I, I don't think I did back, but okay, keep going. So. No, I think, I mean, I Chan, think you do. take a compliment. Take the it. humility. I totally, I totally respect the humility because I think you're, you know, your, your Twitter brand is one of, it's not bait, it's analysis, you know, and how you switch all of those tag, you switch your taglines and you come up with the spice factor and all of that kind of stuff but oh I forgot about that. you know but there's but deep down I think people you wouldn't have the followers that you have if people didn't appreciate the stuff that you put out there so yeah, I, yeah. and, and no one true. knows where you're coming from I think that also is a huge draw <laughs> is, is he wait is he really mean we should trade Russ and fire Pete or does he you know I think people just kind of they, they go for it and it works. Yeah, I, I do. The answer is I do for for both. So that, that's a legitimate, legitimate. We can talk about that. But that's, yeah, we're getting there. That's one of the questions. It's it's. Coming I was right. just about to say, wow, you and also like shifted into such like a positive Chan Twitter, but but now I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, it's gonna but be on great. On the side when we note, get there. a positive Chan. Um, can we talk about the ukulele? That was fantastic. I literally that have watched amazing. so much. I showed it to my coworker and started sobbing and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, no, look how good this is. It was so, and I just watched the movie and I'm, it was beautiful. Go positive, Chan. Oh, thank you. How long have you been playing ukulele? I bought it on a spur, like, I think it was an impulse buy in October. And um, I was like, whatever, I wanted to play an instrument because like I needed more to, more time to do something um and i don't know like like between between that and like a guitar which is like bulky or like a piano and more difficult yeah very difficult lord knows i'm gonna get like a trumpet or something and like get the cops calling boston your poor neighbors so yeah exactly so like ukulele was like a good choice um started practicing um i did i think i made some references on twitter saying like look at this thing i bought i'm gonna practice around it um and then you know it just came through and then it got to a point where it's just like well okay like i think i sound good enough i'm gonna try and record it and then you know by test that i gave it to my friend who teaches music coincidentally and she was like this is good 
you should post this and then start your tweet that says 10 things I hate about you, which is like the most famous reason why that mm-hmm. song that I played is famous or one of the most famous reasons mm-hmm. why it's famous. So I was like, okay, you know, it's fitting. It's Valentine's Day. It's um, fate. It's fate. Yeah. It's overdue pretty much. So yeah. there we go. That was impressive. Was so so yeah, like one hundred percent self-taught. Then, like you just watch videos and and teach yourself chords and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I cheated a little bit because I did take violin as a kid. Um, you know, oh, Asian just casual. Just casual. I, just, I wasn't gonna make that joke, but you can <laughs> make that joke. <laughs> um, I can make it because I'm Asian. So uh, perfect. So, correct. So I did that. I did that, and then like I dabbled here and there with like. Pian- like pianos because you know we had like those street pianos oh, for yeah. the outside like piano. mm-hmm. oh yeah and you know you're trying to impress a girl so you just try to do something in there you play oh and piano street. is the best way to do that if i wish i haven't played piano because oh piano is the best sorry side note no it's it's fantastic my wife is a an amazing piano teacher she taught music for years she can play she is played that how violin she you met you can play. Can play no, she's. No, no, no. I, I wish I could. I wish I could play the uh, musical instruments. I grew up a yeah. little fat kid, little fat kid playing a trumpet. So there you go. <laughs> I wish I could play. I can't play the piano. I I can do like right hand melodies. No, and I don't then... care about the piano. You were a little fat kid that played the trumpet. I absolutely was. Sixth, <laughs> yeah, like sixth grade to junior year i think sophomore junior year. oh my god you played it for a while yeah like five six years first chair baby i was i played flute in fourth grade uh band and for uh two days in fifth grade band and i got really pissed and i hated it ouch yeah i thought flute was so beautiful no it's awful i hated it it's difficult i wanted to play trombone (laughs) okay and i was literally like the tiniest kid you'd ever see I was gangly, and I wanted to play the trombone, and my mom's like, no, it's too big for you. And I was like, that's, I don't want to play the flute. Play yeah, that's a tough one. You got to, I mean, the arm, the arm reach. You got to have the, the Pete Carroll 32-inch arms to play the trombone. I would totally do it. Seahawks cornerback. I was still there. Yeah. <laughs> we combine results for that. So. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Nick, how about you? As, as we're on musical instruments, what did you play growing up? Nothing. Um, okay, no, are you also a chubby fat kid? Oh, right? I still am, my good friend. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, but I was uh, like I was a little, a little I round can't boy. Take this self-deprecation. Yeah, and then like, in my mind, I always thought of myself as a little round boy. But then looking back in middle school, I was like, oh wow, I got weirdly skinny. And then I went. Every back middle school boy goes through an awkward, like, growth phase though yes they do we Middle call school, it it was like my most repulsive time of boys i was like don't come near me don't look at me you yeah. smell gross it's the giraffe gazelle phase of oh yeah limbs yeah because and... i was that kid who was like who had like a who could if he wanted to have like a full like beard at like <laughs> oh you were that kid in middle yeah, school nice. yeah because i started growing fit with her like really early um, I, I just oh pictured my, about wow. a handful of my students over the past few decades that had full beards as eighth graders, and I was like, that was me. Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. If I let her grow out, I was like, nah. But yeah. not, not, not many instruments. Played the flute from the fourth grade a bit. That was about it. Yeah, fourth grade flute. Okay, flute gang. All right. It sucked. Then got sucked into playing football in high school, as we all know, and also did some shot put in discus. That was a fun time. Nice. I like how you sneak athletics in there when we just wanted to know what nerdy instrument Whoa, you played. Whoa, Chad was talking but... about football earlier. So I yeah. oh, did all of you do sport? I didn't. I did basketball I did. a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Matt, what I, I was played... a theater and speech and debate kid. I was nice. the nerd. I played basketball in middle school and high school. And uh, my grandparents got me a set of golf clubs when I was like eight because they used to live like right on Lake Chelan in eastern Washington so they would take us golfing (laughs) and so I grew up playing golf and then I joined the golf team in high school too so basketball basketball and golf state state tournament man three years I'm not gonna lie the golf team at my school were the weird kids that's fair really not the band kids every our band was bomb everybody loved the band kids I think that Venn diagram's a circle everybody loved (laughs) 
What? You can be a band kid and a weird kid. <laughs> True, yeah. but nobody really made fun of the band kids. Everybody oh, liked them. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. I get, no, that's fair. That's fair. No, they were weird, but we had a really good band, so everybody oh, cool, loved weird. them. Yeah, especially the jazz band that everybody would go and listen to them. There you go. Nice. Mm-hmm. Score one for the arts. Yep. Score one for the arts. Yes. Oh, yes. Anyway, so yeah. going into some questions, we'd like to get to know you. Well, the people that are not your actual real life friends can't relate. Um, <laughs> we get uh, it. We'll get, we get there. it. We'll get it. <laughs> yeah. we get it. But it's, not, it's not my I'm fault s- that you guys didn't come out last December. Yeah. So. We weren't this. We weren't. I wasn't invited to anything, but I'll just make that known. But that's Dang. okay. I'm sorry. I'm just really good at connecting with people. I can't help it. Okay. Anyways, to go into some. Okay, I'm just being sarcastic. Don't take it to heart. Shh, Matt. Shh, baby angel. It's fine. Um, Talking about Chan, you have shifted your Twitter persona a lot. You have let go of a lot of the negative snarky and you've become really positive and you've kind of uh, warranted that to your change in mental health and outlook and do you feel comfortable describing some of that journey that you've kind of been on that this past like year ish mm-hmm. sure yeah um i think it actually started it's it's like the cul- culmination of like a long like journey honestly of healing because like right but i think about it the the actual depressive episode um happened oh my gosh like almost four years ago now which is like yeah a while back and then the first two years was just like you know like I, I i wouldn't i think a lot of snark was also due to the fact that you know like it was like a tough time in my life and like it was just taking it out in a kind of like funny like ironic way it's a defense um, mechanism pretty much yeah yeah and yeah. like you know it's just like something that you do that helps basically mm-hmm. right um and it didn't also didn't help that the Seahawks were terrible during those times. <laughs> sort of, again, fuel adds to the pain. It, it does, yeah. And like, it was like when I stopped writing seriously for Seahawks because like I was becoming more and more like agitated, I guess, or like like not even ag- not agitated, but like bored almost. Like that, this is what writing was. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, uh, last year was pretty much turnaround because like I think I wouldn't say I hit rock bottom but like you know one of my good friends that uh I had relied upon uh, was moving out of the area and so like it was like you know without her it's gonna gonna be a lot tougher so that kind of like forced me to kind of try out new things and like Mm -hmm. yeah I had to put myself out there and yeah luckily like it just turned into a good uh, experience, I guess, and that sort of tied everything in. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. That's really cool to be so open and honest about it too. Like you've been really, I mean, you've inspired me a lot and we've talked about our mental mm-hmm. health together and you've been a really strong inspiration. I think strong influence, especially in the Twitter like area that we're in and there's so much negativity to be so open and vulnerable about your struggles, I think says a lot for your character. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really, I'm really surprised um, that it, really glad and surprised to have that such response, but, you know, I think at one point it was just like, it's something that I felt like needed to share and that it would have definitely helped a lot of people. I would have liked when I was like, at that point and like on Twitter struggling and it would have been cool to hear something like that, so. Yeah. Like, why not? Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, and it's it's such a it's such a, a vacuum at times because you know depending on who people choose to follow and not follow, it's like an echo chamber. You're just hearing things that you probably already agree with, and then to have somebody kind of pop in with really genuine life struggles and and hurdles and how they've worked through those was really refreshing to to see and yeah. to read because it felt really genuine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. instead of instead of just people who are pissed off about play calls or, you know, politics or whatever, it was just like, hey, here's somebody being really, really real. And I think that resonated with a lot of people. I know it did for me, too. 
Right. Yeah. And it, it's important to kind of like, because people, people, when you, when you bring up like mental health and like self-care and like stuff like depression, people are like, you know, their minds switch off and it's like boring. It's like, we don't want to talk about it. And like, yeah. you know, it's hard. I get it. It's hard. Like, it's not something that you bring up casually and, uh, you know, it's, it's really hard to formulate into words about like having experienced it or like seeing someone experience it. So it's, you know, and I get it. That's not what people see, go talk about when they go on Twitter. Like they want to see memes or like, you know, make fun of Pete Carroll and like stuff like that. But, you know, that's also why, like, I think it's made an impact because it's like a new thing. Like you said, it's genuine and something that people haven't seen before. So. Well, and I know I, I, when I read that, I, I had, I've had a really, it's not been a great year yeah. moving away from family and, and, and being essentially on my own and trying to make friends and, you know, first year of marriage and I, I've struggled with mental health my whole life and coming from, you know, a bad home life, like to read that somebody else had the same feelings as I was feeling made me not feel so alone. And I remember reaching out to you and being like, Hey, yeah, <laughs> it's nice to know I'm not by myself. And, and I think it's so needed because a lot of people have a lot of anger and hatred on, and they use it in, on, you know, anonymous platforms, but yeah. to see somebody be like, Hey, here's another option. Instead of being a total asshole, maybe we should work on ourselves. <laughs> so yeah. like, it was really, it was really cool. And we, I, I commend you. I think that was a really awesome shift. Oh, yep. Well, and I think it's tough too. And I don't know if you approached it from this way at all, but I think it's harder. And this could totally be because I am a different generation than the three of you, but it's really hard for guys to admit struggles. Yeah. And so to, to see that, you know, I think is good. Not that I, not that maybe you didn't do this on purpose, but for other men that or young men yeah. that might be struggling yeah. with their mental health to see a guy share it and be vulnerable is tricky and yeah. and it's hard for guys to do so hopefully that you know helps some people other guys too maybe yeah for sure and especially having grown up playing football and like embracing <clears throat> oh yeah the fringes of toxic masculinity at points it's like you know it's kind of a learning curve to detach away from that. And also mm -hmm. like you know, being a person of color and like in cultures where mental illness aren't, isn't even like considered like something to be talked about at all. Yeah. Like, oh, wow. Those are, like great yeah, that's a, shifts too. Yeah. That's a, that's a big thing. Um, both of those things that Mike said, like this, the just toxic masculinity in general and also just, in, you know, in different cultures. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the concept of mental illness or also like emotional communication is very, you know, not a thing. Is that the best way to put it? Yeah. Uh, so you don't really have that growing up. You never really develop those skills to properly communicate your emotions right. or you really ever feel comfortable of really expressing yourself. So those, yeah. those two are really, are really big things. And yeah, no, just, just to add on to what everyone is saying, like I remember when I read your piece, you know, just with your struggles and at the same time, and as I was telling to these guys earlier, and I was going through something similar, uh -huh. you know, just losing a friend uh, and then just learning how to cope with that and learning how to deal with that. And, you know, being able to, you know, and, and then you learn how to hopefully to properly communicate, not properly, but like being able to express your emotions you know, because mm -hmm. sometimes the hardest part, because sometimes somebody will ask you, well, how are you doing? And, you know, a lot of the times, especially with guys, it's like, you know, we don't know how to talk about how we're feeling. Yeah. We just say, it's, we're fine. Or, you know, it's going, okay. it's yeah. what it is. Yeah. You know, so, and, yeah. and it's things like that. And just being able to, you know, express yourself and, and being able to let yourself feel whatever it is you want to feel in the moment. Because that sometimes is also very hard, too. Because you're like, you need something, something, yourself like, yeah, that's sad, but I don't want to feel sad. Like that's not me. Like, but you just gotta sometimes just let yourself feel whatever it is you're you're going through, and let yourself feel it. Don't let don't don't bottle that up. Just you know, it's hard because you you do put yourself in a very vulnerable position, and it's yeah. you know, and a lot of that has to you know you gotta be 
strong enough within yourself to be like, hey, it's okay to be, you just got to know it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay mm-hmm. to be sad. It's okay to feel scared. It's like, it's, it's emotions. It's, it's, you know, yeah. one of the greatest things a person feels yeah. is just the, these wide range of emotions mm-hmm. and things like that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, speaking of emotions. <laughs> <laughs> you promised me no tears. So. I know, yeah. no tears. Speaking of emotions. That's a good segue. We can talk about how we feel about the Hawks this upcoming season. What do we think the Hawks have to do to regain relevance and a Super Bowl contention? Hmm. Well, you know, Mike. Let's go first. No, I think this is all Mike. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, here's the thing. Like, it's, um, Pete Carroll's great, but I, and I I told this to people and I'm genuinely believe this, like, they're not going to win a Super Bowl, another Super Bowl with him as head coach Ooh, unless he makes some very, very significant adjustments. Like, he's just, oh my, he's such a boomer. Like, he won't change yeah. at anything. Like, wow, I'm shocked. Wow. Well, he did like, like, he just <laughs> he went out and signed like an aging tight end for Greg Olson for like seven million and like, we're saying that in a group chat. He's old. <laughs> he's old, and he's like not good. And he, he we don't need him. And like, why are we signing old yeah, people? Why are we signing him. Why? Are we, like, <laughs> it's such a ban old people. Yeah. Sorry, I have to break this on the on the pod while we're recording. But I am signing a contract with them tomorrow. Your team signing signing old oh, players. Shit. Yeah, sorry. Kicker. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, no, you're I think you're right there. It's the the philosophy and mm-hmm. how and can you change a philosophy of a coach who's taught and coached and played this way for, you know, 40 to 50 years of his football career? Right. Probably not. I think you can. I mean, you know. Do you? Do you think so? I think Bill, oh, Belichick did it obviously because he went from like total defense to like going all in on Tom Brady and like the spread, um, like I think in the mid two thousands. Uh, That's true. Like the second dynasty, kind of. Yeah, came after yeah. The, that. They. I just don't know if if Pete is gonna do that or is. I don't think capable is the right word, but I just I just don't know if that's his that's his jam. Yeah. Like I just think he's happy with his consistency <clears throat> and building the culture and doing his thing. Yeah. Yeah. And. You know, if you're if you're if your goal is to like stay relevant and like win ten games and go like two rounds in the playoffs and then lose out to a number one seed every year, that's fine. Like, but it's the fact that people are saying like, "Oh, we got Russell Wilson, we're going to compete for a Super Bowl every year." It's like, no, you you're not because you have Pete Carroll holding back, like the best player in this organization. So we've been taught. I've talked about this. Uh, yes, right. when you have a coach that doesn't trust a QB there's going to be issues like Russ wants to play he's talked about it especially in recent interviews yeah he wants Russ has been to... really vocal this offseason and it's well, like vocal I relative to past seasons I, I think he's kind of done and I understand that you know I think Pete Carroll is a very respected and highly talented coach mm-hmm. but if dude's not going to use his talent properly then what the fuck man like like yeah. as as much as people might shit on Shoddy, I like him. I think that I just mm-hmm. think that we need a little bit of a shift. Mm-hmm. We need and we gotta trust Russ. Like he's got a great arm. I mean, he's not as you know young as he used to be, but he's still playing like he is young and mm-hmm. he's stayed relatively non-injured as opposed to other QBs in the league. So Oh, I mean remarkably, he's never missed a game. I mean, no, in, I know. in eight and straight years, that's just for a quarterback with I mean, the offensive lines that he's dealt yeah, with. I think yes. the, the almost the craziest, almost like the kind of like he almost was really hurting this time was like that week one game against Miami at home. Yeah. Where like and Sue like flanned him in half. Broke his ankle. Yeah. Or something. something wild and like his that. knee and his ankle. Oh, yeah. yeah, it was brutal. I think he missed like a snap or two <laughs> that Trayvon Boykin, you know, came in and played a couple of uh, snaps or series, maybe. Oh, yes. I forgot yeah. about Boykin. I think Evan had his yeah. Seahawks 
football signed by Boykin one year Ooh, at training camp. TCU. Ouch. Always pumping out those football. Although is he in the XFL now? I think he's probably probably. A... <laughs> I know yeah, BJ Daniels is BJ Daniels, hometown dragon. Uh, we Browsers. have, yeah, yeah, but like, so, I agree so basically, with yeah, yeah, that was, that was, yeah, go for basically, that. P. Carroll, that's what we have to change. It's P. Yeah, it's, it's P. Carroll, and, and again, it's again, is he possible changing something? Sure, but again, it's to that degree so, to which he will change it. But then I'll play devil's advocate if we, if you know, P. Carroll's not gonna leave, we all know that yeah. we are all not as high in the organization as they are, it's even not as high, yeah. Not as high. I just you not know, till tomorrow when I get rehired. Yeah, rehired. But so okay, Pete's not leaving. How do we regain relevance? You trade Russ. There you go. That's my. That's the second point. You let Russ go. And that's, that's always know. been. Listen, that's always been. People say like I'm trolling, and people say that like it's sarcastic. Oh, he's, he doesn't know what he's talking about. But, Why? Like, Why should he be traded then? Why? Well, because here's the thing: if you don't want, if you don't want to, the obvious option is to fire Pete Carroll, obviously, and like let someone with a progressive like. But why should we let go of the best QB in the league? Well, he's not going to be used under Pete Carroll. He's not going to be used to his best potential, but he's being paid as like the best QB. He deserves to be paid as the best QB in the league right now. That's fine, but like then you're gonna you might as well use him as like the best QB in the league, and not like. You know, giving him as many passes per game as Mitchell Trubisky or something like that. <laughs> you know, it's like it's such a mismanagement of value and like. But don't you think that we would get worse by trading Russ? I think you you probably would for the short term, but if let's say if your only two options are stick with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, or stick with Pete Carroll and trade away Russell Wilson and get whatever uh, capital draft capital or like players you can get. Option B, I think you'd probably you'd probably win a Super Bowl with option B quicker than you win with option A. Honestly. Wow. And not, I'm not saying I'm not, I'm not saying that you won't suck. You'll probably right. take, you'll probably be terrible, like draft, sure. like top five for like two, three years and stuff. But like Super Bowl teams have been historically won with quarterbacks on cheap contracts. Yeah, especially the last like what? 10 to 20 years, 10 to 15 years, especially. Yeah. Yeah. And also with teams that have been stacked with really good players built through the draft. Right. You look at, you look at at 2013, like half our team was basically playing out of their value and like, right. Solid. And lo and behold, we dominated the conference and steamrolled the Broncos. Yeah. You know, so so the formula is like it's always been, you know, draft really well and get the most out of your players. You're not getting that with Russell Wilson, and you already committed, you know, a huge portion of your salary. So if the if you're not going to do that, then you might as well just blow it up and start over, right? So what position? Uh, what is the first position you would draft? If what I would do we draft, need? Um, as Wait, are we? Is this scenario with this, trading, this, trading, <laughs> trading uh, Russ? With, with trading Russ. Okay. Yes. Two, two options, two choices. What are your okay. two choices? It, we trade the Russ and we have extra draft capital. And, right. Okay. Um, probably a offensive lineman. Um, Does. Because, but that's like you know, it's basically foundation the foundation exactly right and we're always lacking for lack of a better word yeah yeah and then i would just honestly i would just choose o-line for like the first pick one of the first picks and then everything else just choose the best player available Mm. like okay running back fine even like even if it's running back go for it wide receiver whatever tight end Okay. So under this this scenario, who's our quarterback? Oh, well, yeah. ideally, you would get you would get a quarterback that just performs good enough to get you to the playoffs because all the other picks that you have selected have hit, sure, and exceeded their value. So, like you, by the time you get that quarterback, you already have a pretty good defense and you have like a good running game and like a solid wide like passing game without like a really good QB. 
So it's a very dark um, timeline you're, you've created, but I, I see the logic. I, I totally right. understand the logic. And in a weird, almost sick way, it's very uh, mirrors the, the Niners of the last like mm -hmm. three to four years of Nick is just like in his, you know, in his darkened corner, though, sucking stewing. and and drafting their, you know, their amazing defensive talent, and then yeah. getting a marginal quarterback, yeah. and here they are. I just I don't, they, I don't yeah. like that, but yeah, the Niners did it. The Jaguars almost did it. Uh, they were close ago. with yeah. Blake Bortles of all people. Like they went to the. AFC Championship game. Good place. They did um, get close. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. And then I'm trying to think of like other. There's probably other teams that I'm forgetting, but like probably the 2012 Ravens. Yeah. They yeah. They, they had an amazing defense and Joe Flacco. Yeah. So and they won. And they won. Yeah. It's yeah. just really. It's just. It's. I mean, it's not. It's. I'm not saying it's impossible for. Right. Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson to win another Super Bowl, but it's like, highly unlikely, is what you're really, saying. Yeah, it's very, very mm -hmm. unlikely. Okay. Unless, unless something fair, changes, fair. which again, that's part of the reason why it's unlikely. So, yeah. <laughs> which that totally, I mean, that was one of our later questions was Pete, Russ, or both. And you wove, you wove that. No, his answer wove it perfectly. So I think we can, we, we can, we don't need to rehash that because I will, I'll feel sad again. <laughs> Um, I'll feel. I'll feel very sad. Victoria, it's, we need you to give that up. <laughs> she, um, yeah, she's she sometimes doesn't watch Seahawks games with me. Um, that makes sense. It, it's I, I it's understandable. I I don't blame her at all. No, there's no fault on her part for that. Um, yeah, I'm so if we stop watching too, I I think it's much fun to just watch Twitter and then oh yes, from there. And then just catch up on the highlights afterwards. I don't think I don't watch wow. the game anymore. I've I've definitely done that for a few games. Wow! Because I fall asleep during them. That's fascinating. Notably, the Ravens game. I definitely fell asleep, mm -hmm. and then just watched a few highlights. That's a good one to fall asleep during, especially the second half. Yeah, I think I was that one about that game, and I just tweeted whatever like the timeline was saying. I slept oh, the yeah. entire. I was like, that's what they're saying. Like, all right, let me just. There you go. Reword, paraphrase, throw in a meme, and done. Make both memes just. I would say those don't come till later in the season. Yeah. Namely, Super Bowl. Oh, that was a good. That was a good one. That was a good one. <laughs> so, you almost, you kind of, I think you kind of touched on this other question too, but maybe you can throw a little bit of a wrinkle in, like for this upcoming season, <laughs> barring no real significant changes to Pete or Russ because right. the likelihood of that yeah probably not but which do you think is more important offensive or defensive line there's a lot of talk about the pass rush a lot of yeah. talk about the pass protection which in your opinion what do you think I mean definitely offensive line I I don't get the need for pass rush like I know like even if Clowney walks yeah that's fine but like you you can probably get cheap pass rush options somewhere like through free agency or like you can then draft actually draft a pass rusher again like for once instead of lj collier um, you know but like we, we you, last year you got clowny for what like peanuts yeah like, it was... you probably do it again if you need the pass rush desperately um and like I was, I think I replied to, I quoted an Evan tweet, like, Quincy on the regular one saying, like, there's only four million, guys, just don't worry about it. But <laughs> four million got the Bucks like, the high, like, the top sack pass rusher this year. Like, yeah. You know, it's, it's possible, you know, yeah. um, to get bargains. So, and really, like, it's kind of almost irresponsible that, uh, Russell Wilson has not had a good offensive line in the eight years that he has been here. Like, he's not going to keep be able to keep it up, honestly. Mm -hmm. And the O line market right now is pretty good with like solid free agents that probably is worth their money. That's like, fair. You, you know, people talk about oh, we're, should we pay Effetti or not? Like twenty 
60 million a year like you don't have to do that you can pay like um jack conklin like 20 million and he'd probably be worth the money you know right probably actually draft another offensive line first round and you know have some good protection instead of relying on george fan at left tackle for who knows how many games like, yeah because Dwayne brown's probably gonna hang around for one more I mean, yeah. two, two at best, and so yeah. you've got you've got a shot if you. So do you do you keep Justin Britt or is he a cap cut? I think you can probably keep him for another year if you really if you draft someone in sec in like day two or three, for like competition with him and Posick, he can probably be cut. But like right now, the problem is like there's no depth behind the offensive line. And the starters are already, like, not that good. Like, Dwayne Brown is probably the best player they have right now, and he's 34. Right. So, we don't, like, we don't know if he's going to regress or, like, fall off a cliff next year or, like, get injured. Oh, that would have been fortunate. I mean, well, he I was going to say, do we even know if Justin Britt is going to be able to come back? I am, like, hold them back up. I had to, like, search for a second. Torres ACL, is dude going to be – and he's still going through some pretty severe recovery. Yeah, yeah. And, like, it's hilarious. It's like people, people are, people kind of, kind of forget that like offensive line is a concern, and they just think like, oh, you know, Russell Wilson will be able to survive another year of um, no. protection. Yeah. Probably. And the probably thing is, much. we cannot afford to get him injured. He's been relatively injury free, like injury free. We yeah. need to like, we need to protect him, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think, like, because we like, I think Pete Carroll has and the organization has taken for granted like how healthy and like how durable. Athletic, he is. yeah. Yeah. Like, this is gonna sound really bad, but if he, if he does get hurt and like gets out injured for the rest of the season, that might be the only thing that would make Pete Carroll and John Schneider be like, "Oh, actually, we need to build." That's actually a really good point, Chan. It is. I hope it's it does not stuff. happen. But yeah. I totally understand the the logic behind that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, oh, it's a very dire uh, dire timeline here of the Pete Russ <laughs> offensive line, Russ Russ getting hurt. But I totally get it. It's good. It's it's accurate. It's you know I think all the people that took the joy of a surprise, you know, divisional round where they probably shouldn't have gotten there, they overperformed. I think yeah. that that mirrored a lot, or not mirrored. I think it masked a lot of uh, issues that mm-hmm. that you know, sizable portion of people see. But I think a, an even bigger portion just look at wins and losses and go, "Woohoo, we got to the divisional round. We're mm-hmm. great, and we'll get better next year." But there's some massive uh, gaps on this roster and philosophy. So yeah, appreciate yeah, it. Appreciate it. But that's why we got to sign pass rushers and give, you know, 50 million to Yannick um, and Clowney and our problems will be solved, you know. Oh, all, all the pass rushers. All the pass I rushers. I want Clowney. Trade for Darius Slay, you know, because oh, Stephon Diggs is terrible, right? Okay, I mean, Stefan Diggs would be fun. So yeah. Stephon Diggs Stephon, and an Stephon Diggs just keeps tweeting and it's hilarious, man. I yeah. love it. It's like so it. entertaining. But wait, Nick, you saw that he posted a picture of himself and Ursua, right? What? Liar. Stephon Diggs? No, that was real. <laughs> You're lying to me. I'm gonna check right now and I will be mad That's at you. That's real. I didn't no, that was real. I don't I don't lie. Um if it's an old person, I don't, I'm gonna hit you. <laughs> no, I don't okay. lie you want Diggs, Nick. Like that was only a take away more snaps from Arusa. And like <laughs> that is true. If 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 he comes, your boys. Hey, I will play. always have that one Sunday night almost touchdown against one the butt cheek short of a three seed. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right. So, offensive line over defensive line. Perfect. Um, let's combine these last two questions before we get to the lightning round because they're yeah, kind of your. The, I want this uh, last question really bad. Wait, which one? The the spice one. Oh, do it, because I was just going to wrap that in with the one right above Oh, it. wrap it in, wrap it in, you're good. Go for it, go for it if you, oh, okay. Um, I was just going to say, because they're kind of two of the Chan brand specials. Mm. Yes. Um, the true difference between analysis and bait, yes. combined with 
your spiciest take? My spice. So you want me to give my spiciest take and go yeah. out fading out? Hmm. And it's you know they're all they're they're kind of two hallmarks of your your brand from the past couple of years when you created the spice method of tweeting um and your is it analysis or bait sort of epithet that you have and if you don't see a connection between the two i I totally understand that because i i see connections other people don't and my brain is weird so if you would like to answer them separately please feel free um no i think i think it's it's kind of hard because like my my usual go-to is like trade russ and we've already discussed that a lot um I guess my second one would be, you know, if you like going the way the way the Seahawks are going, like I probably would not be surprised if uh, Josh Tiger gets fired. Ooh. Whoa. Ooh, I could see that. I would I... say that's spicier than trade Russ or like. So that's that's the that's the bait part. That's the spice part. That's to draw like that now now that we have you hooked, here's the analysis part, right? So so far, John Schneider has not been great general manager. Like his drafts have been pretty bad. Evan, don't um, listen to this. His <laughs> like, okay, he has made some great trades, but like he hasn't been able to like field some good starters since 2017. And like, yes, I get it that you have to you playing a disadvantage, like always drafting the back end of the draft and like picking pe- players that are like not as good as, you know, other teams are. But like, you know, it's still very much a issue of depth. And like, if you if you compare the Seahawks now to what they were five years ago and like what they were seven year- years ago, it's still the same problems, right? Like, oh, our offensive line is still a struggle. Oh, we still haven't found a good running back to, like, replace Lynch as our um, main feature, you know? And we can't have oh. Lynch come back to replace Lynch. Yeah, exactly, right? Oh, oh you know, our pass rush is still struggling. It's like, 2012 was the same issue. Like, we had no pass mm-hmm. rush. It's when Chris Clemens, like, got injured in that uh, Washington game, like, there was nothing. Oh, yeah. And yep. now here we are again in eight years later. Oh, you know, Javaden Clowney gets hurt. We have no pass rush. What are we going to do? So, like, you think about that, like, he has not done a good job of addressing that. Maybe that's just the mistakes. Like, that's his, like, kryptonite in one area. But, you know, like, at some point, it's just going to be like, well, people are going to be tired of uh, fans or fans are going to be tired of like, you know, going 10 and six and one and five and like, you know, always winning the wild card round, but like losing to divisional later. And they, yeah. we want things to change. And right now Pete Carroll is probably the head, like he has the most control of this organization over other than Jody Allen, because he's like the head coach and the president and like, he basically hired John Schneider and people keep saying that it's like 50, 50, but like John, like Pete Carroll has control of the 53 man roster. So like everything, all this, all everything good and bad comes to him ultimately. So if, if it gets to the point where like things do need to change and be shaped up again, like John Schneider is probably going to be the first to go because Pete Carroll's not going anywhere and Russell Wilson is not going going anywhere so they're probably gonna get a new gm if things go the way they are i i don't even yeah that i i think that fits that fits the the spice that fits the analysis it fits the bait it it (laughs) meets it meets all three criteria because people are going to get hooked by that and that's a that's a definite trigger for people when you talk pete john russ the the triad there is a triad pretty significant for for the the trinity yeah you know that's those are dark dark considerations but they have to you know if you want to win super bowls this isn't this this team right now 
is not capable of winning a Super Bowl. No, I don't think they are. I, I don't think they are com- capable of – well, but first off, they're not even capable of winning the division right now. So, like, you know, what's why, – right. why run when you can't even walk, basically? That's fair. How do we climb up above and even get up above the Niners? And, you know, the Niners are probably not going to win 13 games next year, but I saw some random – projection model that I couldn't quote that said they were probably going to go 15 and one next year. And I was like, that's okay. But, but even if they win 12, we're not going to win 13. So, you know, and and it's definitely realistic. Yeah. um, We were two kicks away, two missed kicks away from like two more losses. Yeah. Nine and seven. Yeah. Yeah. Being swept by the Rams and the 49ers. So, and the car and well that Cardinals game got that first one almost got weirdly close near the end after Seattle yep. shut it down after the first half. Right. Yep. And the Falcons. I mean, yeah, we're just we we probably shouldn't be talking about winning Super Bowls. We should talk about winning the division. I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, I like that. That's the answer good. is to trade Pete and fire Russ. Wait a minute. <laughs> you know what? You know what? Trade. I would actually entertain a trade. Trade Pete would probably be the best scenario. <clears throat> Like, pull it's, a John Gruden and, like, trade him to, I don't know, like, Miami. Vipers. Miami. Yeah. Miami. Yeah, XFL picks. What's the conversion rate? Yeah. <laughs> it's, you guys, it's it's what the Mariners and Lou Pinella. Remember when they traded Lou Pinella to the Devil Rays? Yeah, for, for Randy For Wynn. Randy Wynn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. I was stunned when that that happened by didn't even know that was a thing you could do. Interesting. All right, Alex, it's your it's your baby. It's the my lightning round. Time. Lightning round. So this is yeah. the time that we get to know each other in quick spurts. You have to answer within three seconds. Um, it's very stressful. That is the point of it. We will all answer the question. I will answer it last. We will go yeah. Nick, Matt, yep. Mike, me. Yep. I'm looking at my square, so that's how it's going. Damn it. That's fair. That's fair. Lock it up, Buttercup. I'm in charge. All right. Ready, set. Favorite movie, Nick? Uh, currently, I would have to be Into the Spider-Verse. Okay, Matt. Oh, God. Um, the, uh, right now, uh, the all entire... Time or whatever. The, oh, all time? I'm just going to go the entire Harry Potter series. All of them. That's not what I'm looking at. That's okay. a compound. And then I'm going to say the, um, the, the fourth movie. The Goblet Which of Fire. Which is? Goblet of Thank Fire. You. Okay. Mike? Um, up. Oh, good one. Pixar, so good. Oh, why did I not say Coco? Oh, oh, boo! Because Harry Potter is your favorite. Don't even. It is. It is. Uh, Lord of the Rings: Return of the King. Nice. Yeah, yeah I can quote it. It's really bad. Um, did you just say you've never seen it? Yeah, I've never seen the Lord of the Kings trilogy. Me neither. Did you say Lord of the Kings? No, don't, don't. Don't. Okay. Yeah. She's mad. <laughs> I mean, I did have a Lord of the Rings themed wedding, so it's fine. Pardon? Okay. That's fantastic. That sounds awesome. Uh, you've seen pictures. Anyways, perfect meal, Nick. Uh, why did, uh, pizza. Really, a legitimate pizza. I'm a, I'm a child. <laughs> Not your mom's tamales that we haven't gotten the recipe for? Okay, oh, next yeah. question, uh, Matt. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, that's 100% my go-to is I just, I love pizza as well, but probably different toppings than, than Javier, Bitches. <laughs> but I love pizza, but I need a salad because pizza by oh, itself. No, that's not your perfect meal. Just I shut need up. pizza like and pizza. salad. It's both. No, both. Uh, whatever I cook, I guess, but also fried chicken, like mm. salad. Yeah. I like salad. what I cook. So whatever I cook that night, it's probably. Oh, that's like, your perfect meal? For that uh-huh. night. Oh, for that, that night. night oh look at that that's a very i'm going like all time but like all right guess you guys yeah. can like cop out and do general stuff um it would probably be my mom's beef bourguignon over egg noodles that is my favorite favorite perfect meal nice um okay if you could travel anywhere as soon as we stop recording where are you going nick why do i keep choking every time i know i'm up oh god Honestly, sincerely, anywhere in the Pacific Northwest and just get lost in the forests. Nice. You'd die, but okay. Probably, but you know. <laughs> Matt. 
I'm going to Maui. I miss I miss my my Hawaiian family that live over on the island. Oh, I want to go see. Yeah, I need to cuties. go see them. Yep. I just I miss them. I haven't been over there for a few years, so that's cuties. where I'm going. Yep. Okay, Chan. Uh, probably Hong Kong, where I grew up. Yeah. Nice. It's like probably not a good time because you know health reasons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. But you know we're um, making this up, so in that scenario, yes. you would be perfectly healthy. It's fine. I'd be perfectly healthy any moon, and like it would be perfect weather, and yeah. Yeah. Like it's stuff. I'd want to go to Tokyo not only for food but also because of Disneyland there. Oh, Disney! Oh. Because they have, right. or is it Shanghai? It, no. No, no. Tokyo has Disney Sea. It's yeah, the yeah, biggest it one, and it I really want to yeah. go there. I went there as like a six-year-old, seven-year-old. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Dream. It's my dream. <laughs> Just ruining your life right now. Yeah. And I have to go by myself because everyone won't eat anything there. <laughs> they have like McDonald's. I just have to blindfold him and like stuff him on the plane. They're He'd right. be fine. He'd be white rice, maybe. Yeah. Well, okay. The thing is, he does like Asian food. He's just a troll. Yeah. Ooh. And he's also you know, allergic to nuts, so he can't have a lot of the stuff. That's like the unfortunate part. Anyways, he'd be fine. He'd be last fine. question: What All are right. you currently binge watching, listening to, or reading? Oh, uh, that's a lot. It's yeah. one or the other. It's yeah, you pick. Do you need to pick all three? I or know, or but I now yeah. I'm like I don't know which one to pick. I would just go with any of them. Any okay, of. Hey, Javier. Uh, oh God, no! I'm in trouble. Um, so I'm currently binge watching my thirtieth rewatch of *Hi, Met Your Mother*. Oh my god. Um yeah, I it's love that awful show. show. It's okay. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> I never seen it's... it. What's that about? Uh, I don't even know how to oh, put shit. it. <laughs> I have never seen it either. I know what it is, but I've never I, seen it. It's the worst. It's okay, the worst. You, it's so man, problematic. It's the problematic, definitely, but does it still get me emotional sometimes? Very. So, you know, here we are. Is that it's the one Doobie cringe. Hauser was on? Who what are what? Who's Neil Patrick Harris? Was he on oh, that one? Okay. Yeah, yes, he's he on is one. in it. He's yeah. Barney. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, Matt. Um, right now, I am uh, re I'm binge watching a, a BBC show called Shetland. That is. Uh, a <gasps> is detective. it good? Yeah, it's it's incredible. It's very very good. So, I, I love it. I want to go there. It looks okay. really really fun. All right, Chan. I am uh, constantly listening to James Taylor right now because I'm actually oh. trying to learn one of his songs for ukulele. Oh. So. What song? I can't tell you. It's a surprise. We'll post ah, on later. I love it. I love it. There, there's not that many good James. Well, I lied. There's probably some good, a lot of J, good James Taylor songs, but not a lot of it that can be transferred to ukulele. So nice. Yeah. Um, I have two answers, and I get to do it. Um, I'm right now binge watching Prodigal Son, uh, the new show with Martin Sheen, where this guy's a serial killer and has uh, severe mental health issues and his son is trying to help solve crimes and figure out why he acts the way he acts because he got kicked out of the FBI. Um, it's so good. Martin Sheen is a genius. Love Martin Sheen. I'm binge reading through all the true crime books Evan gave me and right now I'm reading A Devil in the White City and it's really shaken me to my core. Fantastic. Yep. And that is the end of our lightning That's round. It. Thank you for coming, uh, uh, ladies and gentle worms. That's it. That's it. That's great. Thank yeah. you wow. for, for our guest. Mike Chan, wow. where can people find you if, if they're not one of the smart people and already following you? Where can they see your upcoming music debuts and <laughs> your analysis and all of that kind of good stuff? Where can we find you? Um, they can find me on Twitter. It's at KarateManChan37. Um, disclaimer, <laughs> I'm not responsible for whatever reactions you get from my takes um or you know any hearing damage that you experience from my musical uh Shut exposures up. but you know stuff like that and also don't tweet that often but that can change depending on what other asinine off-season moves Pete Carroll has in store or how many libations you've drank yes well that's that, not good. It, that Those is fun. might be related <laughs> drunk tweeting is so fun i mean it's, it's it gets me in trouble yeah. i'm yep. gonna be doing some this friday so 
Oh boy. Oh my. Well, I'll be with sleeping. With that. Yeah. Thank you for that, listening to you. episode 13. The thank Chris you, Matthews Matt episode. Okay. No, the Alex, Alex Rodriguez episode. There you go. Ooh, there we go. Perfect. Dustin Ashley. Didn't he take 13 after? All right. Mike, thank you very much. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thank Appreciate you. it. We love you. I'm Absolutely. your real life friend. They're not. I hope you guys feel lacking. I just had to squeeze it in there. <laughs> I'm going to just edit that out. Yep. Oh, Bye. Shut up. Bye. Bye. <laughs>